and welcome to another episode of In the Springs. I'm your host, Ryan Lowry. Thanks for tuning in. On today's episode, I sit down with Dan Briggs, the bass player for the band Between the Buried and Me, uh, before their headlining set at the Black Sheep here in town. They're currently on the road supporting their latest album entitled Coma Ecliptic. This episode was recorded on July 16th in the parking lot at the Black Sheep, so there's a little bit of background noise uh, due to some sound check inside, so I do apologize in advance for that. At any rate, please sit back and enjoy because Dan Briggs is in the Springs. So Dan Briggs, between the buried and me here in Colorado Springs, how the heck are you? I'm good. I'm good. We've been reminiscing all day about the last time we were here, which was in uh, 2008, um, or 2000. It was 2007. Sorry, with uh, August Burns Red and Behold the Octopus. It was the weirdest tour package that we've ever done. I don't know if you know Behold the Octopus, but they're super insane, like uh, kind of like avant-garde tech metal sort of thing, you know yeah. what I mean? August Burns Red, kind of more straightforward metalcore. And we remember it was just, just an insane snowy day here, like just absolutely crazy. We had a super long drive from like like San Francisco or something, you know what I mean? Like yeah, we had yeah. a full day off to do it. And uh, now we're back here. It so was, was, that, was that supporting colors at the time? Yep, or it, it was, was? Okay. yeah. Yeah, it was. We had, done, we had already done a full US tour uh, playing the full album. And then we went out on that tour, which was kind of like this tour is right now, where it's um, some of the main markets, but then a lot of like side places. So like we came here instead of going to Denver on this tour. You know right. what I mean? Next time around, we'll go to Denver. Um, so on that tour, yeah, we, we would uh, we would bust out the full album. You know, like if we came here. Yeah. And then, but if we went to LA, we would play a different set. So yeah. Well, I know as as a fan, I was I was pleasantly surprised to see you guys were here in the Springs and. When I came down to get tickets, uh, I was talking to Jeremy, the club owner, and the phone was just blowing up. People, really? Yeah, people were really, really excited to oh, get you back great. here in the Springs. That's awesome. Um, so now you're about—you guys are about a, a week a, a week out from uh, Coma Ecliptic being uh, being released, and so are you playing a lot of new tracks from from the new album? Yeah, we're playing three. We're playing the three songs we released uh, before the album came out, um, and uh, you know we're we're kind of structuring it as uh, as such that we can kind of build up throughout our tour cycle to doing the full record next year um so we have another tour at the end of this year in the states that we haven't announced yet um and we'll probably play a couple others and then come out next year and and do the whole thing nice um yeah it's it's cool that way because uh you know the album can grow on people um by the time we play it they'll know it you know probably better than they do right. <laughs> right right as the album's coming out so now is that that is that the same for you guys where the more you play it the better you get to know that material oh, yeah. and the more comfortable you get oh yeah absolutely so yeah so if we do another tour where we maybe do two or three different songs that's great for us because then that's half the record that we've already played uh like 30 or 40 times or whatever um and then you know we just mix in all the other stuff that we haven't played. But yeah, anytime you're playing something new, it takes it takes a little while. So like right now we're a week and a half into the tour, and, and it feels awesome. Yeah. Like the three songs feel great. So now that this is your seventh studio album, how was that transition for you guys going from the studio to to playing your stuff live? Because I think anybody who follows the band knows that you know the level of complexity with your songs is is pretty insane. Yeah. So does it feel like it gets easier over time, or do the songs? kind of organically get more challenging so that 
that transition stays just as challenging each and every time? You know what it is? The, uh, the way we write um, is very fragmented. So we, we arrange our songs in full uh, when we're not in the same room with each other. So we do a lot of that stuff at home, and then when we get all together, it's more about uh, uh, playing with Blake, our drummer, and getting the songs, getting him familiar with what we're doing, and he'll just go part by part, you know, and so we kind of, we play very fragmented, you know, and a lot of times he might just be looping, you know, uh, we did a lot of writing in uh, the, the program Reason, so he might just select eight bars, 16 bars or whatever, and just loop that, and so we're not even really playing with him, he's just playing off of that, and then we'll demo it. So, you know, when we go to the studio, we haven't even played the songs in full together, but that's that's every record since Colors has been like that. Yeah. And then uh, and then we just have to do a lot of work at home to learn the songs and uh, have a few hopefully good rehearsals and play them live. So having done this for the amount of time you guys have been together, uh, you know, coming up on 10 years as, as a band, and then I think you joined it in 03, 04? Uh, yeah, it's been, I think it's, it's, it's closer to 15 for the band, and then, um, yeah, it's, it's 10 years for me. I, I, me and Blake joined at the end of 2004, so, yeah. I mean, does, does that writing process, has it stayed pretty consistent, or has each album been kind of a unique experience in terms of who does what and who takes the lead? And uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's gotten a little different. Um, there's a lot of trust, and there, there's, uh, there's a better, like, you get a better vision, I think, for... Uh, for where the song's going, um, especially with, with this album, um, I felt like we uh, really early on in the song had a good sense of it, and that was either a result of somebody coming in with a full song pretty much put together, um, or just, just sharing ideas early on, and then, uh, you know, th th there weren't really any big surprises, you know, and, and that was okay, you know, the material is great, and, um, you know, in, in albums past, their songs were... You're seven minutes in, and you don't really know where you're at in the song. <laughs> if you're in the middle, if you're near the end, like, no idea. Yeah. So it's, um, it, yeah, I, I think it's just, just maturing over time, yeah. getting better at songwriting and uh, arranging and stuff. That's so something we pride ourselves on more now. So when you guys do have a new project like that, this is a kind of a cheesy question, but do you get nervous when it comes time to, to release that into the wild? or? No, I never worry about that. We, you know... We always write music to please ourselves, and we've been thankful um, that along the way, uh, people are kind of into the uh, the way the band's evolved. Um, I mean, it, it, it's great. It means a lot, actually, because there are there there are a lot of bands that that we love um, that didn't really survive uh, the evolution process. Even when they made some of their best music, um, they were kind of shunned. What do you, you, know what do you I mean? attribute that to? Is it anything in particular within how music is consumed nowadays? or? Um, you know, nowadays, I'm not sure. Um, I think it's whatever whatever the central theme of the band kind of is. You know what I mean? So the bands I'm kind of referencing are, are uh, you know, one of my favorite bands is the band Caven, and they kind of started more in the hardcore scene and very quickly jumped into just being a, a full-on, like, space rock band, which I loved. I loved it all, and there, there was there was always fans that loved it, loved it all. But there was a certain point right when they made the change where, you know, people didn't hear breakdowns, they didn't hear screaming, and they just they ran. You know, they 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 were like, "Band's dead to me. I'm out." You know, and it was so sad because then the band did their their best music. Yeah. You know, and uh, 
So I, I don't know what it is. I, I really don't know what it is. I think ours has been like a very natural, slow kind of progression. Um, to where when we wrote this album, you know, I mean, like something had to had to give. Like like we couldn't write the Parallax Part Three. We we we'd done as much, you know, kind of, you know, with the trajectory. I, I guess we started with colors, you know. Yeah. So that started something new at that time. Eight years ago, and now I think is kind of opening a new chapter, you know, within what we've been building towards. Yeah. Well, I was looking at the tour schedule, and you guys are very busy in the foreseeable future going to Europe, September, October. Yep. How do you stay sane on the road? Oh, it's 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 pretty easy. Um, you know, touring in Europe and America is pretty different. In America, it's it's so easy. It's so easy. I just mean, logistically, or yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, just even the fact that you can space out on your phone for four hours if you really <laughs> want to spend your day that way or if you're just in contact with your friends your family people you care about it's so easy and uh, you know whereas in Europe you know you have like you know a, a limit on your data you know that you can use <laughs> and uh, then it gets very pricey after that so um, what happens when we go overseas is there's kind of like a lot of and it's a good thing it's kind of like a uh, an inner band camaraderie gets kind of built up where uh you know, you're a little bit more cut off from people back home, so uh, you kind of invest more of your time just in each other, and sometimes it's like a shared misery. Sometimes it's it's great, you know what I mean? We go sure, on sure. adventures in Europe and stuff. It's like the uh, ultimate family road trip where you have to... Yes. <laughs> yeah, there, there's ups and downs, but, uh, you know, in America, like right now, we're just, we're having fun, you know, and uh, there seems to be some excitement with the new record, and um, we're, we're enjoying being on tour... Uh, in America, when it's out, it's it's been a few albums since we've been able to do that. Uh, our last one came out while we were in England, so um, yeah, it's fun. Nice. Now I've had the pleasure of seeing you guys live several times. Uh, one time you shared the bill with Cannibal Corpse, uh, Summer Slaughter Tour. Yeah. Uh, one time I saw you uh, with Coheed and Cambria. Uh, Pretty you guys different. <laughs> recently, you recently played Bonnaroo. <laughs> what do, what do you attribute that to? How does Between the Buried and Me fit within, you know, kind of the generic hard? hardcore metal whatever that is yeah I know you're probably sick of getting that question no no I think there's just uh, I think it just speaks to the the many different facets of the the band you know over the years I mean we've been able to tour with you know in the same tour cycle you know Dream Theater uh, Children of Bodom Mastodon you know and uh, you know now I, I think I think there's something now especially with the album that that we've just released and I think I think you know Bonnaroo was kind of a sign of that um some of the uh the bands that we're touring with in the future that we've been able to get a hold of that maybe might have been scared to tour with us in the past just because we were maybe too extreme for them now it now I think you know with the the music that we're writing now I think there's more of an opportunity to be like um you know that this is this is a facet of our music that's always been there. Obviously, we tour with like Coheed and Cambria, like right, you said, right. and stuff. But um, now it's a little bit more at the forefront. You know, I would say that the, what the, the record has probably ninety five percent melodic singing. You know, and that's just that's just attributed to the, the music. You know, we wanted to write music that had a melodic focus, and um, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, we don't really have any support tours lined up yet, uh, but it'll be interesting to see who we can actually uh, 
get lined up in the future, you know. So for you personally as a, as a fan, what would be kind of the fantasy bill for you to share the stage with, fill in the blank? Oh, we, we've always, we've, one of our dream bands is uh, Pain of Salvation from Sweden. Um, that, that, they've maybe been to America once or twice. I know they toured over here with Dream Theater in like the 90s. Um, but they're just, they're just a phenomenal progressive rock group and we'd love to be able to bring them over here someday um, or be able to tour Europe with them I, and that's they're, they're always at the top of our list yeah. you know um, we'll see someday maybe now I'd mentioned that you know obviously the the music you guys produce is really really dense for lack of a better term when you play that live does that give you any room to improvise or do you guys really because that was the one thing that blew me yeah. away the first time I saw you live is how the, the album translated live. Yeah. No, we play to like a metronome uh, click that all of our our lights, our video is all synced up to and um, our thing kind of, even before that, was always uh, replicating the songs as, as we wrote them out, you yeah. know, like uh, like how an orchestra would do. There's there's no improv in, in nice. classical music and, um, you know, we... we uh, we, we just we pride ourselves on that you know what I mean that's why we're not you know jumping into the crowd on stage and right. you know going fucking crazy we uh, we, we pride ourselves on uh, you know the discipline of getting ready before a gig and um, being able to uh, play the music like properly you know have you guys always had that level yep. of professionalism yep now was that a conscious effort or just five like-minded people that happened to get together uh perhaps that but I think that that discipline uh, kind of has to have existed to even have been considered to, to be in the band, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah. Now, you were involved in a, in a couple of side projects yep. as well, Trialscapes and, and Orbs. Yep. What do those do for you creatively, and how does that bleed into what you do with uh, Between the Buried and Me? They do a lot. Um, uh, I, I kind of, like, I kind of require a lot of... Um, I guess I just have a big need to be creative, you know, and um, writing a new Between the Buried Me record every three years doesn't doesn't completely do it for me, you yeah. know what I mean? I, I love it, and I, I go nuts that year that we're doing it. Um, so I would say, yeah, at this point, probably from last March or April until, you know, November, uh, when we finished writing, was, was insane headspace of just that. But even in that time... Um, I started writing a record with a new group, and we finished it in April. I haven't announced that yet. Um, Feel free to announce it. Here. Yeah, yeah. We've got a, <laughs> we, we recorded a new Orbs record a, a while ago that we're trying to figure out how to release. It just got mixed and mastered this past fall. Sucks. It's, it's, uh, it's been so long. We're trying to get it out. Trioscapes had a record come out in the fall, and we did a little bit of touring. We'll do some more, hopefully soon. You know, each thing I do is just as important as you know between the buried and me or you know, tree escapes orbs they're, they're they're all equally important i wouldn't invest my time in something that i i cared half about um or put half the effort in. i just i don't understand i don't do that i don't understand that and um you know it's it's tough because like i want i want to take orbs on the road i want to go all over and we did that it's, it's been like four years four or five years since we really properly toured i can't believe that but uh <laughs> Five years ago, our record came out. So I guess it's been like four years since our last tour, but there was a lot of stuff that happened in between there, and uh, you know, our writing took a little bit longer and recording. Um, 
you know, and I get to do stuff with Triosscapes, but you just you just can't always commit 100% as fully as you know we do in between the buried to me, you know, and um, it's a little bit of a bummer. I, I, I wish I wish I somehow I don't I wish there was just more time. You know, it's 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 against me sometimes. You're a young man. There's there's plenty of time. There is, yeah. No, I I I mean, I'm hey, I'm I'm single. I've been single for all my 20s. You know, now I'm 30, and you know that's just I just just that's what I fill my time with. You know, my you always ask my my hobbies at home, and it's like, you know, when it's in season, watching baseball, um, you know, running, like I love cooking, and then uh, writing music. You know, I'm very disciplined at home. I like to wake up. Have coffee while I watch Sports Center, do my emails, and then um, you know spend the rest of the morning through the afternoon into the evening, you know writing or practicing for tour, you know learning songs. Um, but yeah, there's that constant constant thing, you know. And now being on tour for six weeks, it's gonna be great because we've been home, we've been home the whole year except for like these little jaunts for like Bonnaroo, like you said. Yeah. We went to Mexico and. Uh, uh, we played a fest in the UK, but when I get home after this, I'm gonna write some music. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it's not quite there yet. Like I'm just, I'm very excited to just be playing shows and playing these songs and stuff. But uh, yeah, give it another two weeks, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's it's all about having that balance, though. You know, yeah. like like touring is fun until it's not fun, and then it's fun to be home until it's not fun to be home. And right. you know what I mean? Like it's it always kind of works itself out that way. Now I saw last year you had a, uh, a signature bass mm-hmm. uh, released uh, through through Spectre, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty for cool. You, for you as an artist and and a, as a musician, what what does that mean to you? How significant is something like that to have happen? Well, it's it's something I never would have thought would have happened, and not something that I honestly had never really even cared about. Um, anyone was know, it validating at all? I mean, did it? No, feel not like... really. Well, it, here's the thing: is that anybody who's who's really played with me or you know, saw me play back in the day and then up until a couple of years ago, will tell you, I, you know, I've played the same bass since I was 16. Right, right. Just happened to be that I went to Sam Ash and I bought a Spectre bass when I was 16. It had five strings. It was in the price range. You know, it worked out. Real scientific um, method. To- yeah, same with my <laughs> bass head. The, this big Sun amp was the, the first thing that I bought, and then I bought another one, and now that that's my sound, and that's what I use. Um, I guess I just got lucky. But uh, when Spectre approached me about the bass idea, I said, well, if you can copy this bass, I guess we'll just do that. You know, I'll just basically have a newer version of this bass that you discontinued in 2000, 2001 or whatever. Uh, and they were like, okay, like, that's easy. Like, whatever, you know. And so that was it. That, that was the conversation. We did a couple back and forths and, uh, you know, got it. And it was great. Nice. You know what I mean? It was like I plugged it in. And I was like, yeah, sounds like the other one. That's <laughs> good, you know. That's um, yeah, fun. I'm not, I'm not, you know. I mean, they, they might be sad, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm very humble, you know, I, I don't, I don't like, uh, you know, like my Instagram is like private, my Facebook is private, you know, Twitter's out there for the world, I don't care, but those, you know, I just, I, you know, I just love my social media, I just like to be my buds and, and my family, and I, I don't, I'm not big on, you know, pushing myself and, uh, you know, by the base, by the base. You know, it, it's out there, and if you know people can find it on the internet or whatever. But you know, I know that there's there's people that that uh, you know kind of live for for pushing that stuff, and you know that that's fine too. But it's, it's just that's just not me. Well, and I think just know? getting on stage every night, and you know, people seeing how well you play, and, and certainly yeah. how well the band. I mean, to me, that's that's the sales pitch right there. If Hopefully, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
yeah. Hey, if they sell, they sell. If they don't, I don't. I don't really care. I have one, yeah. so that's all. That's all I really wanted was. If you just make me another one, that's good. Right, right. Because I never had a backup for my original one because they just didn't exist. You know, they haven't existed for 14 years or whatever. So, yeah. so really, I thought of, sure, you can make me a new bass. For me. I guess if you want to sell them, you can sell them. Yeah, like whatever. Nice. Yeah. Well, well Dan, I appreciate your time, man. I don't want to keep you, but I did have one no last problem. question. Yeah. Like I said, you're, you're a young man, and, and I think the success between The Buried and Me has had, you know, in, in a genre that doesn't get z any ra radio play, it's always been kind of an underground thing. At this point in your career, what are you most proud of? Um, I'm I'm really proud that, that we continue uh, to evolve. And, you know, when we talk about you know, prog and progressive rock. It's, it's something that's, it's like, it's a, it's, it's, it's just a huge part of my makeup. You know what I mean? We're not, we're not faking the funk. We're not, we're not trying to, um, to, you know, I mean, we obviously aren't trying to write music that's, sounds like it's very modern. You know what I mean? Like, like we're, we're not influenced by much like modern stuff that's happening. You know, I, I think our influences, you know, go back to either stuff that we were listening to in the '90s or uh, you know back to the '70s and '80s. And uh, you know, it's it's just it's just been it's been a great ride of just being able to find ourselves over these last years and uh, you know be able to you know every few years be able to reinvent between the buried and me and. Uh, that's it's really important because uh, you know we feel like progressive rock, metal, whatever. It's uh, it's a mindset and it's not a sound. So you always got to you know should be pushing forward in whatever direction that is. What, what, whatever you're trying to do, you know, uh, not not be complacent. So nice. That's, that, that, that's what I'm proud of. Excellent. Well, Dan Briggs, it was a pleasure, my friend. We're Thank looking you. forward to the show tonight awesome. and uh, safe travels. Sweet. Appreciate it. Oh, dude, that was awesome. Sweet. <laughs> so there you have it, Dan Briggs from Between the Buried and Me. Uh, big thanks to Dan for taking some time out before their headlining set to be on the show. Uh, really cool guy, and I'm a huge fan of the band, so it was a real pleasure getting a chance to meet with him and uh, have a quick chat. Uh, big thanks to Becca Wilson at uh, Big Picture Media for helping get the interview put together. Uh, big thanks to the Black Sheep, as always, for their continued support. Also want to thank Sam and Emily Lowry, my son and daughter, for helping me get things set up for this interview. Uh, and as always, thank you for listening to In the Springs. You can find the In the Springs podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Also track us down on Twitter at uh, RPL underscore Metajunk. Until next time, I'm Ryan Lowry, and we'll see you again right here in the Springs. <laughs>